A Japanese engineer who lived in Taiwan from June to early August has tested positive for COVID in Japan after flying in from Taiwan. Now his 80 local contacts are being tested for the disease. Meanwhile, health authorities have closed the investigation on a Japanese student and a Thai migrant worker who recently tested COVID positive after returning to their home countries. We consulted with the Thai authorities. They said they had conducted a second test. That second COVID test was inconclusive, so there is doubt over whether this patient was COVID positive. More testing is underway for the 461 context of a Belgian engineer who was diagnosed with COVID last week. So far, 444 PCR tests and 271 antibody tests have come back negative. Since the outbreak of the pandemic, many citizens of Thailand have been effectively stranded in Taiwan. Border rules and canceled flights have prevented them from getting back to their home country. But on Wednesday, the first of two charter flights from Taipei to Thailand allowed them to go home at last. Taiwanese citizens who live and work in the Southeast Asian country were also glad to have a chance to get back to normal life. The second flight is on Thursday. The departures hall is full of people clutching their passports and documents. This long queue is heading for Thailand. All the adults are wearing masks and the kids too. Pandemic safe travel is essential. This Thai citizen has lived in Taiwan for 12 years. Now he's finally going home. His family is well, he says, and the situation there is no worse than in Taiwan. The Thai tourist industry has suffered greatly from the pandemic, and border controls in the country are strict. Flights are slowly being restarted, but direct flights from Taiwan to Bangkok and Chiang Mai have been curtailed. These two charter flights have been arranged to help Thai residents come home. Of the 292 on this flight, 40 are Taiwanese citizens. The situation in Thailand is a lot like in Taipei. The rules are okay and the public health situation is good. I work there. Only these special charter flights are going, no other flights. I had a ticket booked with China Airlines, but they canceled it, so I was stuck. Airline staff was careful to maintain hygiene rules in the hope that all these travelers will get back safe and won't pose a risk to the friends at home. Former New Power Party chairman Xu Yongming has resigned from his party amid corruption allegations. He was released on bail on Tuesday and faces charges connected to the Sogo bribery scandal, as do several other lawmakers. Xu tendered his resignation on Wednesday just before the party convened its disciplinary committee to decide on punitive measures. In the wake of the bribery scandal, NPP Taipei City Councilor Huang Yufen has also announced that she would leave the NPP. Mysterious packages that contain seeds, soil, or fertilizer from China are being sent to people across Taiwan. The Council of Agriculture says there have been at least nine such deliveries since July 28th. These unsolicited deliveries are arriving in shipments marked as stationary vases and other products that, in most cases, were ordered online. 
The COA is urging recipients to report all cases of strange plant-related packages. It's also warning against planting the seeds or using the soil as they could carry biological threats. From late July to early August, there have been nine cases of people receiving suspicious packages sent from China. It's image after image of mystery seeds and soil, all apparently from China. Officials said these parcels could pose a biological threat. Soil can contain roundworms, pathogens, or harmful organisms. Carried in these postal packages, roundworms and pests in soil can have an impact on Taiwanese agriculture. Soil can contain pests, and seeds can be the source of bacteria that damage the ecosystem. In the past week alone, nine of these deliveries have been reported. In eight of the nine cases, the surprise packets were tucked inside an e-commerce shipment. Six cases involve seeds, two involve soil, and one delivery was fertilizer. In some instances, shoppers went on Facebook to buy what they thought were Taiwanese seeds, but then it turned out the seller was abroad. That violates our relevant regulations. I think that this is the story of how these deliveries came about. The Council of Agriculture stressed that the entry of foreign plants or plant-related products to Taiwan must follow the relevant quarantine procedures. Officials said there's a standard process for handling suspicious packages. After the receiver notifies authorities, quarantine officials open an investigation. Once the nature of the item is determined and research on possible pests is complete, the item is destroyed. The Customs Administration will screen every package. If there is anything suspicious, you must absolutely hand it over to quarantine authorities at once. If any parcels slip through the cracks and make it to a receiver, please take it to quarantine officials for destruction. I think the first course of action is to continue raising awareness with domestic and foreign e-commerce platforms. The COA urged people to not use the soil or plant the seeds they receive from China. Doing so can be punished with a three-year prison term and a fine of 150,000 NT. Reports have also emerged of suspicious packages from China being sent to people all over the world. The COA says knowing what to do if you receive one can help protect Taiwan's agricultural sector. Amid the uncertainties of the COVID economy, the safe haven of gold has soared past 2,000 U.S. dollar per troy ounce for the first time in history. Gold traded as high as $2,031 on Tuesday. The Bank of America sees the yellow metal eventually clearing the $2,500 level. Other forecasts are even more optimistic, saying gold could hit the $3,000 mark. The record gold price has prompted many people to sell their jewelry. Jewelry dealers have been flooded with retail sellers wanting to cash in on the gold rally. For the first time ever, dealers are quoting gold above 7,000 Taiwan dollar per mace, which is about 0.12 troy ounces. Is something labeled healthy really healthy? Starting July 2022, Taiwan will restrict the use of the term healthy in the names of food products. In its newly updated directives, the Food and Drug Administration says it will ban the term healthy from product names unless the product is government-certified health food. Violators can be fined by up to 4 million Taiwan dollars. Healthy crackers, healthy oatmeal, and even healthy wheat gluten. The products proclaim that they're good for you. There's a dizzying array of products these days that tout themselves as healthy. 
Some are marked with green seal for certified health foods, but some are not. The FDA says that to prevent consumers from being misled, it will ban the use of the term healthy in product names unless that product is certified healthy by the government. This is to keep consumers from thinking that products labeled healthy are healthier than they are. It's also to preempt the misconception that a given product is a health food. This rule will be enforced in July 2022. Food manufacturers will have until July 1, 2022 to adjust. Once the policy comes into effect, only certified health foods can use the term healthy in the name. Uncertified products can still carry words like healthy and high fiber, but these promotional labels cannot appear right next to the product name in a manner that could create confusion. If the manufacturer puts the term healthy side by side with the product name on the packaging in a way that misleads consumers, then it falls under our regulatory scope. If a manufacturer violates the rules, it will be fined 40,000 to 4 million NT in accordance with the Act Governing Food Safety and Sanitation. The FDA's new directive carries a fine of up to 4 million NT for violators. It's part of a push for clearer food labels that allow shoppers to make more informed choices. Tourism is booming along Taiwan's east coast. Over 2 million travelers poured into Hualien and Taidong in June, filling up hotels, restaurants and tourist sites. Hoteliers in Hualien are seeing record occupancy rates with 70% of rooms already booked for September. But the hordes of tourists is also putting a strain on local amenities and infrastructure. It's a mountain of bed linens, too many for the bins to hold. The trolleys are full to overflowing. At this commercial laundromat, the workers fold here and push there. Surrounded by whirring machines, they work up a sweat as they rush from task to task. Since the start of summer vacation, our intake volume has been as high or even higher than our peak load during spring festival. The washers keep spinning, but there seems to be no end in sight to the workload, even with employees doing overtime. Due to a backlog of orders, this laundry facility has temporarily stopped taking new ones. Some clients have had no choice but to roll up their sleeves and launder their linens themselves. Recently, they said they wouldn't be able to wash them, so now we have to use a self-operated laundromat. This laundry complex in Taidong is just as busy. Pile after pile waits for a wash. Here they tie them in a pack. There, the washing continues. It's non-stop work. All the hotels in Taidong are full to bursting, and the five commercial laundry companies in Taidong are overflowing. To meet its manpower needs, this Taidong facility has recruited the residents of a nearby drug rehabilitation center. It's an endless stream of washing. In Hualien and Taidong, nearly every hotel has seen at least 80% occupancy every day. In Taidong, bookings for September are already above 70%. For the typically quiet month, it's the highest rate in a decade. Hualien tourism has been recovering since its April-May low of just 560,000 visits. Taidong has rebounded too, recording 780,000 in June, not too far below its January figure. Together, Hualien and Taidong had 2 million visitors in the month of June. It got even busier in July after the launch of the government's triple stimulus vouchers. More than 820,000 people visited Hualien in just the 10 days between July 15th and 25th. The outlying islands are packed too. On Green Island, scooters dominate the narrow roads.
queues form at gas stations. Snack stands, restaurants and hotels are teeming with tourists. There have even been reports of a shortage of natural gas, with ship deliveries too slow to meet demand. Most public health measures have been lifted, but recreational international travel is still largely off the table. As a result, the East Coast has become the place to be, delivering a boon for local business. The second-hand shop of a Catholic church in Hualien reopened on Wednesday after being damaged in a fire in February. The reopening coincided with the 80th birthday of the church's priest, Yves Moel. At the ceremony, he once again thanked the people of Taiwan for their donations to the rebuilding effort. Surrounded by friends, Moel celebrates his 80th birthday. He celebrated his birthday more than 50 times in Taiwan, but this year it's an extra special occasion. After months of repairs, the second-hand shop of the church he heads is ready to open again. The people of Taiwan are really lovable. You really pay attention to the disadvantaged. In just two days after the fire, we were able to raise enough funds to repair the center. The interior looks brand new. The second-hand furniture, electronics, books, clothes and accessories. Tragedy stuck several months ago with a blaze that destroyed years of work and the store's entire inventory. It was a crippling loss for the church, but locals stepped up to the occasion. In just 36 hours, they donated enough money to repair the building. For many donors, pitching in was a way to thank Moal for his work in Taiwan. The most beautiful scenery in Hualien is our Reverend Yves Moal, isn't it? The items were put on display with care so that people could give them a second chance. The wife of former Vice President Chen Jianren picked out a bracelet for herself. All the used goods here were donated. Moal says that as a Taiwanese himself, he's proud of the goodness of his people. In the early 20th century, Taiwan produced more than half the world's camphor. Taipei's Nanmen Park was home to a government-run camphor and opium processing factory during the Japanese colonial period. The facility fell into disuse as the market demand for Taiwanese camphor waned. It's now home to an Italian restaurant alongside views of a bygone era. I'm currently walking on the handcart rail. This area used to be a camphor factory in 1915, and now it's been transformed into a restaurant. This handcart rail was used for transporting camphor during the Japanese colonial era. At the time, this building was the only state-owned camphor and opium processing factory in Taiwan. The original structure is still intact, and it's now home to a restaurant. This area was used for packing, loading, and unloading products. A new restaurant has moved into one half of this historic space, adorning it with verdant greenery and floral pops of color. We wanted to make good use of this space to rejuvenate it. The view is really quite pretty. We wanted to make it look like a forest. Our menu uses ingredients from all over Taiwan. The menu items are inspired by the flavors of Taiwan, and the ingredients are sourced carefully by the chef, who uses French and Italian cooking techniques. Meals are served against a backdrop of an intriguing moment in history. This used to be a factory for camphor trees. I am particularly interested in the surroundings here and want to look around the building. This place makes people feel as if they're living right in a historic site. It's all very beautiful. 
We've maintained the original appearance of the floor and most of the building structure so people can have a closer sense of its original style. There are also camphor trees around here. You can actually smell the aroma of camphor when you eat in this area. Nanmen Park is now a museum operated by the National Taiwan Museum. In the park, there's another historic building called the White Palace Performance Hall. It's a warehouse built with Chilean stones in 1902. After their meal, diners can explore their surroundings and revisit the story of Taiwan's camphor boom. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Huang Pinghan in Taipei. Who says video games are just for kids? A 98-year-old woman from Zhanghua can well be said to be Taiwan's most senior esports player. Grandma Wei Jinghua's passion for gaming started 20 years ago when she tried her hand at Tetris. Since then, she's been enchanted by her console, playing for hours each day. Her family says her skills can't be topped, not even by her grandkids. Ninety-eight-year-old Grandma Wei is a whiz at Dr. Mario. She's reached the highest level. She can't be beat, not even by her grandson. The pieces fall so very fast in that last level. I used to always die at level 16. Grandma would keep going to level 17, 18, and then 19. I've never won against Grandma. Grandma Wei lives here in Zhanghua's Tianzhong Township, where she ran a small store. More than 20 years ago, she passed on the torch to her children. In her retirement, she discovered her grandson's red and white video game console and told him she wanted to play too. She's been at it for 20 years, each a happy one. She plays every day starting around 3.30 p.m. She'll start playing until it's time for dinner. Then around 7.30 in the evening, she'll play again until 9. Grandma Wei is immersed in the world of video games. Her mind is clear, her fingers are quick, and she's modest to boot. (laughs) Over the course of her two-decade love affair with gaming, Grandma Wei has worn out three consoles and more than a dozen controllers. She plays educational video games to hone her brain power and sharpen her reflexes, which are both top-notch. Her hobby has the full support of her family, who hopes she'll be recognized someday as Taiwan's oldest gamer.